What is going on, everybody? It is a special edition here on the OBR tonight. It is time for what we're calling the 53. It is cut down day. It is the initial look that we're getting at the Browns final roster, and we're going to take you through all of it from the stuff that happened yesterday, today, from before yesterday. And we're going to take a look at even what could happen over the next week and a half before we get to the opener next weekend, not this upcoming weekend. Two weekends because they got to torture us a little bit. But the following weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals, it's all about the bronze roster. Welcome on in here on the OBR streaming network. It is going to be a great night here on the streaming network. You're going to be with me a lot. Sorry about that. I am Michael Keefe and I am joined tonight by a couple uh, awesome guys that have been on top of all this salary or of all this roster stuff for forever. First, over across the pond, he's staying up late for us tonight. It's Jack Duffin. What's going on, Jack? Happy Wednesday, everyone. Uh, having a blast. It's uh, Yeah, we, we finally got the list. Luckily, nothing too crazy, which is always a bonus. Um, but yeah, the, the roster is just ridiculous. And it, it's been a pleasure today why people were arguing about wide receiver six, tight end three, rather than anyone seen a starter? A starter? Anyone? A cut? Waved? What can we do? Right. It is a very, very, very different narrative. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that. And speaking of a different narrative, well, I don't know. He's he's just a great narrative. You know him. You love him. Find him online at Ward on Sports. It's Brad Ward. What's up, Brad? Hey, guys. Jack, What's thanks up, for staying up late, brother. Appreciate that. All the hard work you've done on this roster. You might as well have constructed it yourself at this point. So, uh, yeah, uh, good stuff. Uh, I'm excited. You know, I had a couple questions to hash out here tonight, but uh, for the most part, I think we can be happy. I don't think it's done, certainly. Um, we'll see what happens here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it may be done. It, you know, there's a boring outcome that looks pretty obvious right now. We'll, we'll talk it through that. But I, I think there's some other outlier, you know, potentials. So we'll talk about them. See what Listen, Jack we're, we're going to go all through it. You guys are going to hear what Jack thinks, what Brad thinks. He, I might throw in a thought or two. Uh, it, just try to slide one in there. Uh, but again, before we get into all that, uh, you're here on the OBR streaming network. Wherever you're watching, whether it's YouTube, Twitch, make sure you hit the subscribe. And make sure they are running uh, right now. Uh, they've been running it all day. Go check out the OBR's tw uh, Twitter page. 70% uh, off the uh, the subscription for the OBR for the website right now. You can't beat that. You cannot beat that. So go check it out. It's We're in the heyday now. We are in the OBR season. It's football season. It's Brown season. Go check out the OBR and hang with us on the OBR streaming network. But here's what we're going to do tonight, guys. We're, we're just going to roll through this thing position by position. We're going to roll through the roster. We're going to start on offense. We're going to go to defense. We're even going to talk about special teams because that's all we've talked about for the last week, it feels like. Uh, and we're going to look at where the Browns have put themselves as we head in to this opening week uh, against the Bengals. And again, we're going to talk about if we think these positions are settled at this point or if we expect even more movement because there's a lot of stuff still going on around the league and a lot of names out there that people have their eyes on. So uh, it was an exciting couple of days watching the roster get trimmed down. Uh, but there's still excitement to come. And as always, we're going to talk about some guys that lost their jobs today, and uh, nobody takes any any solace in any of that. Uh, these were these were difficult days yeah. for some guys. 
who thought that they had a shot, who were out there working hard and practicing. Uh, and so uh, we're not going to laugh at anybody, but uh, we're going to talk about the team. So boys, let's just jump into this because it's going to take us. I'm sure it's taken us a whole hour to get through all this. So let's start on offense and, and let's talk about really one of the top stories of this entire offseason. The Browns shocked a lot of people when they drafted Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA. People were surprised. They were not expecting it. You you were talking about Dobbs and, and Watson. He still had Kellen Mond around. And here comes this kid, DTR. And from the minute he stepped on the field, from the minute he stepped on the field for practice, from the minute he stepped on the field for preseason games, he wowed everybody. The Cleveland Browns offensively at quarterback, I don't know. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Deshaun Watson is your starter. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson is the backup to start the season. Boys, uh, that's a hell of a story for a fifth-round pick to come in and, and, and impress people the way DTR has, has impressed people. Yeah, it's a great surprise. Nice surprise that he's able to do that. It allows them to roll with two quarterbacks, right, uh, and uh, dispose of Dobbs, which is a benefit for this whole roster as a whole. Like, you know, we talked about it, and we kind of talked about it in the Slack about this quarterback role and how it's kind of worthless in the end until you're in the playoffs. So I think a lot of teams, will, if they can, will roll with two quarterbacks. But DTR playing the way he did uh, enabled the Browns to do that, where I think they initially thought they were going to have to roll with three. So uh, opening up a roster spot uh, in the on the 53 for somebody else. Uh, to squeeze in there. And so if you can do that and get uh, some draft capital up up a uh, a couple rounds, then uh, then that's great. Yeah, just to echo on sort of the next question, they will definitely keep one on the practice squad. Um, it tends to be about 50-50 in the past with teams keeping the third QB on the 53 versus the practice squad, but they always tend to want three under contract just for practice, for everything else. Um they can go for Kellen Mond. And the reason why you might turn to Kellen Mond is he doesn't need any practice reps. Um, if you go out there and go, you need to do that, he knows that straight away. And that can be a benefit for a team. Um, but Malik Cunningham um, getting waived by the Patriots is an intriguing name that I would take a look at. So, um, yeah, keen to sort of mix it up. But I don't think it'll be a veteran option. If Watson went down, that's where you go. Names in the past, the Blake Bordles used to be the guy that, hey, he wasn't on a roster. And if your QB went down, he's the guy you signed to just come in and be a backup. And um, why like a DTR would step up. They can go get a guy like that. So it's, it's about just trying to find something different. I think the running game will be important because you want someone in the same mold as the Watson DTR. So Malik Cunningham, I think, would be a, a, a fun pickup. And uh, we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, when all was said and done, it was it was so surprising. It was, you know, you got something uh, out of, of Dobbs, so that turned into an ideal situation. And, and listen, no offense to Josh Dobbs, but he didn't look – he didn't look quite the same as he looked last year when he was playing for the Browns. And so you factor that in with the fact that DTR just looked ready to go, just stepped in and looked ready to go. Uh it just made it made life so much easier for the Browns. Kellen Mond getting waived today, uh, and we will see. But but again, boys, it's we're sitting here coming into a season talking about Deshaun Watson and DTR at quarterback. We're not we're not worried about the starter. 
I mean, listen, we don't know what Deshaun's going to do. He's got to go out and prove it, but I think we all feel pretty good about what he can do. We're not worried about the starter, and we're not worried about the backup. I don't – when when has this ever happened before? I don't know if we're not worried. I, I mean, he is still a rookie, right? I, 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 would, I mean, I'm a little concerned if he gets thrown into multiple games, right? Um, uh, to, but if, he, if he's asked to play one or two games and, and keep things going – I feel okay about that, but anytime you're anytime you're gonna lose somebody, anytime you're gonna lose Watson for a multi anything more than like two or three games, then you're gonna be nervous about a rookie playing. So, uh, but I agree. I mean, it, it's as good as they can do at this point. Uh, I think it's better than Dobbs' option because uh, he looked like absolute crap in the in the off season, in the off season, especially the game we went to, Mike. I mean, that was that was putrid performance was by Dobbs. It was tough. Dobbsy. And he may start. He may start for the uh, for the the uh, Redbirds over there. Yeah, well, they're they are on a mission. They they're are on a mission. mission over there. They're on a mission. All right. So quarterback again. We'll see who they bring in as a third guy, a practice squad guy. However, they want to roster that. But uh, uh, the the top two guys said a quarterback. Uh, let's move down the line. Uh, the Browns released Jordan Wilkins, the number one rated player from the last game. Jordan Wilkins gets credit for zero fumbles. Jordan Wilkins. What they release. That? What is that? I, they, I, they gave him both to Watson? Yeah. That's horse. Yeah, I mean, I could see the first one was a little wonky, but like the second one, Watson just like stuck it in his gut and he just dropped it. I, it's okay. That's all right. It's okay. He like tried to handle it out here, like right. He tried to like handle <laughs> it out here instead of letting it get to his body. Uh, yeah, it, it was bad. Yeah, so I don't, well, I don't understand that. Well, what I do understand is he is no longer on the team. Uh, yeah, as they waved him, they waved Hassan Hall, and you're looking at the wide receivers that made the 53. Obviously, Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford. Hopefully, we see Jerome coming back, uh, ready to go. Uh, and that uh, move they made for Pierre Strong Jr. Boys. Talk about this running back position. This is very different than what we're used to. We've seen Chubb. We've seen Kareem Hunt. We've seen Dearness Johnson. That is just something that we just felt like no matter how deep it goes, we're good. It's a little bit different. There's a lot of unknown that happens there behind Nick Chubb. How are we feeling about this group? Yeah, that's the big question here. You've got Jerome Ford with eight carries for 12 yards as a career line. Pierre Strong. Pierre Strong, if he can continue what he's doing, I never want to care about Nick Chubb again in the world. Oh, 10 carries, 100 yards. That man is making Nick Chubb look like a chump. Um, <laughs> that's how good Pierre Strong is. If he keeps up 10 yards per carry, then my God, send him to the Hall of Fame. Jim Brown, who are you? Um, I think we should expect it at this point. Yeah. I, I keep getting told how good this offensive line is. I want 10 yards per carry. Let's go. Um <laughs> So interesting one to say. I think it's one that this is the position room that when they let go of Dobbs in the trade, I thought we would see a fourth person. I still think there's a case for bringing someone in. Um, even if it's just sort of, um, hey, yeah, it's playoff Lenny, it's Melvin Gordon. It, it can be anyone. I just feel like I want a little bit more there because if Chubb goes down in the first game, I'm not cool with Ford and Strong for the rest of the season. That's kind of the balance. It's not, I need that guy to come in. And hey, if Ford and Strong pass him on the depth chart and prove they're better, I'm fine with that. I just, 
I don't want to risk it all falling apart for the sake of we didn't bring in somebody else. And if, hey, if I sh- furious the end of last season that we didn't get to see more of Ford because playing Kareem Hunt when the season was already over was for me a massive failing on Kevin Stefanski because we could have had a 100 carry sample of Jerome Ford and know what he is and we were robbed of that. Don't you think though at this point that they just roll with these three and then see how it goes like if and if Chubb were to get dinged, then you can. I mean, it's not like you can't go find a veteran off the street to bring in at that point, right? Like, don't don't you think that makes more sense than going out and bringing in a veteran now? Like, you already traded for Strong. You've got you want to see. They obviously believe in Ford a great deal, or else they wouldn't have just ushered him into running back two slot without seeing him at all in the preseason. So, like, he won that coming in, right? And they haven't seen, so I, obviously they believe in him. They bring in strong who I like him too. But I, I just think if at this point, I, I don't think anybody's going to sign playoff Lenny. I mean, we may, we could be five weeks in and still be able to get him off the street. Right. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I mean, there's a number of guys that are going to be available all year long. So if, if Chubb does go down and these guys aren't adequate, I think you can still go some, get somebody then, and get them ready to fill in. If these guys aren't good enough, I wouldn't worry about it right now. I'm telling you what, go ahead, Jack. I think it's just a case of there's probably, I'd say three, four of them out there. And it's one that, yeah, they can get like the Marlon Mack level of just a body to come in. But I think there's no offense, Marlon, no offense. A few guys out there that are just a little bit better than that. Um, So I, I, if they can find someone, do it. I'm not talking about spending much. Cordero Patterson, if I haven't seen the Atlanta list, I haven't seen him being cut. I don't want to trade for him, but if that's a guy that is getting cut, because cuts don't just stop now. Cordero Patterson could be cut. And if that's two mil, I'll happily pay two mil for him. He can then do something in the return game, et cetera. We're- it's a bit of peanuts. Were you guys surprised? Uh, I, I, the one name I didn't bring up when I was talking about the cuts, but um, Demetric Felton. Got got the got the chop, uh, got sent home. Were you guys I, were you surprised by that? No, I had him being cut um, on my fifty three because he can't pass protect, and uh, I don't know what else you're going to use him for if he's a liability when you put him in the game. I, did you have him on your fifty three, Jack? Not not when Pierre Strong was added. So Pierre Strong is basically Felton plus. Um, I but I, I I'm really intrigued. I'd love to see Felton land in San Fran. I think Shanahan would do some cool stuff with him. Yeah, like like I think he had a great preseason. Like he, I thought he looked better better than he has. Well, running the ball career. for sure. Running the ball, cutting. He looked very good. I just, I just, I didn't have him on my fifty three. I just didn't think he fit uh, ever. And that, like, if he was the only place that I thought he could fit in was running back three, and as maybe as a returner. But like, you've got that covered. Now, I mean, the de-emphasis on kick returns. People's Jones is going to return punts. Uh, we got you even got Goodwin back now, so I don't even know, you know, how. I, even though I wouldn't put him back there, uh, but either way, um, I just never had him on my fifty-three. I'm not surprised just because they keep talking about how he's such a liability to 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 block anybody. So, so boys, just real quick, we I want to move on to wide receiver here. Do you expect a fourth running back 
to be on the roster at some point, or do you think they roll in in with these three guys and then adjust if they have to? 50-50, I'll put it at. I am, and I think it might be one that they sign someone they like to a practice squad. I know Trey Sermon's been mentioned in the chat, and then he's potentially elevated. Um, they averaged 3.7 active on the game day roster last year, and that's 3.7 plus Felton. Felton's not in that 3.7. Um, so I, I could easily see the case where they sign someone, they elevate them for a couple of games, especially if Jerome Ford was back practicing today, which is really positive doesn't necessarily mean they might not risk him week one. They might say, hey, you being active, we'll elevate a, a Kelly, a Wilkins, a Trey Sermon, two of those guys, and then balance it out. So I think it's 50-50 between on the roster, but I I could see some talent come in there on the practice squad. Zonovan yeah. Knight's another one to keep an eye on. I think what Jack's saying is makes a lot of sense. Like I, I think they'll roll with what they have into the season but they could elevate guys at certain times to give different guys opportunities. If they get some talent on the practice squad, that does make sense. But I, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think you have to go out and get anybody. So I think they want I think they give these three a chance to be the Browns running back room first. And until there's a problem, I, I think it's these three. All right, boys, let's move to wide receiver. And, and this caused a little bit of a stir. Uh, a, a couple of these moves caused a little bit of a stir amongst Browns fan, amongst Twitter. Uh, well, okay, yeah, yeah. Were you there? Were you? Were you? Did you tweet today? There was I, I some did. stirring. There was stirrage. What, what's the stirrage there was, about? There were stirrups. Well, let me go through it, and then let's talk about the stirrage, and let's talk about the the six guys that are here on the wide receiver list. Uh, so let's talk about the guys that were waived, and we're going to start with Anthony Schwartz. Finally, got the boot. Uh, we all knew it was coming. Uh, not a surprise to anybody there, but he got the boot. Jalen Darden was a little bit of a surprise to some people uh, that he got cut. Uh, uh, Mike Harley Jr. was cut. Uh, who else? Uh, and the real, the one that had people up in, in a stir because he led the NFL in receiving yards in the preseason and he came out of nowhere and played really, really well was Austin Watkins, uh, who did not make uh, the final 53. Instead, we are rolling with Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, Marquise Goodwin, David Bell, and Cedric Tillman. Um, just just kind of your thoughts on how the whole process went, uh, your thoughts on the, the, the Watkins situation, and, and if you thought he deserved a shot to make it or if they're doing the right thing. Uh, because I'd imagine we're not going to see Watkins leave the Cleveland Browns. Well, I'll be real quick, and I want to hear what uh... – Jack, and you have to say, Mike, about Watkins. But I personally, if I was Andrew Barry, like, and I'm not, right? But if I was Andrew Barry, I would have cut Jordan Elliott and kept Watkins on this team. That's serious. So, why, why, why do we keep, I know the money deal, Jack, you know, the guaranteed money. I don't, I don't care about the money. He was dog. Crap! All how about that? I didn't cuss. Uh, dog crap! All of uh, you know the off season. He put put zero statistics. Basically, I guess he did got a couple pressures in the last one, but I, I just would not. Uh, I don't see any reason he's on this roster at this point, other than they drafted him and they've had him here for three years prior. Uh, he's just a guy, right? And. Uh, I don't care about having him on the roster, although I do think Watkins could uh, be something. 
right? I mean, he 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 did enough to make this team. Like, it's kind of a travesty that he's not on this roster. I know there's not like it makes sense. I can live with it that Goodwin's back. Now it makes more sense. Like if Goodwin wasn't back and he wasn't on this roster, I would have been pissed. But with Goodwin back, <laughs> I can live with it, right? But you know, I, I guess that wasn't that short. But that's what I, I would have not kept Elliot because you're gonna have Hirsch back. You're gonna have four guys in that room. Elliot's dog crap. I I would have kept Watkins. Go ahead. So for me, <laughs> for me here, as soon as Marquise Goodwin was back. It was game over. Um, and then, interestingly, hearing the reports from what Andrew Berry and Paul DePodesta said during the KC game, it sounds like wide receiver seven was Grant, and then it would have been Watkins after that. Right. And we've seen Watkins excel against third-tier cornerbacks that are also getting cut today. They're not making NFL rosters the guys he was playing against in preseason. And I think that's an important thing to factor in. We've never seen him come up against your Ramses, your Jair Alexander, your guys that if he was actually going to play matter. And for me, wide receiver seven was never worth rostering. I've always said all offseason, I get no idea why you would do it. If we look back at last year, the average for the Browns across the season was five wide receivers active per game. They had two, which was four, two, which was six. Um, and we're including Felton as one of those wide receivers. So four plus Felton was what we saw last year. And if we look at it as a lineup during a game, you've got three wide receivers that are going to play the vast majority of snaps and number four might sprinkle in there. So if you're wide receiver seven, you need two, three injuries before you're going to see the field in a sprinkling of packages, which means you're inactive on game day. And what can you provide? It's all about special teams. Watkins did nothing on special teams of note. And that sure. was really his massive Achilles heel. So I think I would have been fine with it. If Marquis Goodwin was out, him as the sixth, and I'd have much rather had him than Jakeem Grant. Yeah. But as soon as he was there, it was, it was a done deal. And I think we'll see Jakeem uh, Darden, I think we'll see Watkins and I think we'll see Harley all on the practice squad um, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, David Bell there was a lot of slander. He provided exactly average returns for a third round pick in their rookie um, year last year. So no concerns there. Got open more than Alave. Got open more than um, Drake London. Got open it's more than other believe. great guys against man coverage. So he's getting open. The issue is he's not going to get anything in the real in terms of production. You look at that wide receiver room. It's legit. I cannot remember the last time we had a wide receiver three as good as our current wide receiver four in Marquise Goodwin. And that is incredibly exciting about the Cleveland Browns because trash wide receiver room has been the franchise's biggest weakness after their mess at quarterback for, hey, I had hair. Uh, I'll say... I'll Whoa. say this real quick, real quick, Mike. I, I agree. I, I to I get it, right? Uh, he didn't, and I understand the level of play that he's playing against. I guess I'll be I'll be I'll feel much better if he gets through the practice squad. You know what I mean? And they can develop him because it's not like I wanted him to come in and contribute this year. I just wanted him as a, as a project, kind of. You know. So I get your point. You don't need to keep seven if he gets through. I'm cool with it. I will say I think the biggest thing that happened to the Browns in the past 
three, four days is the fact that they got Marquise Goodwin back. I mean, that is by far the biggest, best thing that could have happened for this roster. He changes this offense, in my opinion. So I'll say that. 100%. Yeah, I, uh, I, think there's, I think there could be something to Watkins. But Jackie hit everything, every nail on the head. The, the room's loaded. You're not going to roster a guy. Watkins was phenomenal. And, and, and there, there does need to be something to be said for the fact that he's one of those guys too, Jack. He's one of those guys that can, that's out of nowhere. He's not expected to do anything. He's not expected to make anything. And sure, he's going up against guys that are getting cut right now, but he's destroying them. He's just He, he absolutely was running rampage over these guys. With that being said, you're, there's none of these guys that I would have kept him over. And, and I know people were going off about David Bell. You are not giving up on a third-round pick from last year that got open a lot. And yeah, to, to me, David Bell so far has shown to be the wide receiver equivalent of Austin Hooper. Catch the ball and kind of fall down. And that's kind of what he's been so far. I don't know that we're going to see a lot of big plays out of the guy. But if he can be a, like a pretty uh, – if he can be a reliable pass catcher when they're out there with multiple wide receivers and he's out there – I'm cool with that. You're not going to keep a guy like Watkins over Bell at this stage of their career. I'd love to see him on the Browns practice squad. I hope he gets there because I'd love to see him back in camp next year because this wide receiver room might look a little different next year and there might be a little bit of room for a guy like Watkins. Uh, but I, I'm you guys uh, hit the nail on the head and 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 Jack, you're a thousand percent right. The Marquis Goodwin news, the Marquis Goodwin news is good news for all Browns fans. But for Watkins fans, it was a little bit tough because Marquise Goodwin is – I'm excited. He's like the present. It's him and Jerome Ford to me are like the Christmas presents on this team. They're guys that I don't – there's got to be some kind of crazy positive thing about Jerome Ford that has them so excited about him. So we're going to get to see them open up that present, which I'm excited about. And we haven't been able to see Marquise Goodwin do a lot because of his situation uh, throughout camp. And now you're going to be able to see him get unleashed in this offense. I'm, it's it's like Christmas with those guys. The fascinating thing on David Bell is we've gone from a player in Jarvis Landry who's idolised by this fan base, found a player that has a very very similar role, and he has been chastised by the fan base because he's not athletic enough, because he's not that. And it's like, do 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 we see something else from Jarvis Landry? Because. It, <laughs> It's the same style of player. He could uh, throw the ball pretty then, well. Yeah. I hate I I've said I'm open for him practice squad QB. <laughs> Bring Jarvis back. All right. So the wide receiver room deeper, better than it's been in a in a long, long time. Uh and and hopefully again, hopefully we're still counting on growth by some of these guys. Donovan Peoples Jones is a guy that I think could still show you a tremendous amount of growth. From where he come, he's come from and to where he is now, I, I don't know that he gets enough credit for being a late-round draft pick and being a, just an easy starting wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, it's phenomenal, uh, but it's a great room. Let's move on real quick, guys. Uh, keep the train rolling into the tight ends. Uh, and the Browns, uh, you can see the three that they've chosen to keep. David Njoku, Jordan Akins, Harrison Bryant, no surprises at all there. Those were the three guys that were going to be the main guys. Were you guys surprised? Were you surprised that there weren't there wasn't another tight end kept? They cut guys like Miller Forrestall. Uh, who else did they cut? Thomas Greeny. Um, who's the guy with a bunch of names? Sire Mitchell Payton. 
Yeah, yeah Mitchell Zaire Payton. Mitchell Payton. Um, uh, that seemed to be the one thing that people were talking about was they kind of expected maybe four tight ends, knowing Kevin Stefanski and his affinity for tight ends. Uh, were you surprised that they didn't keep a fourth tight end? Or was this kind of how you thought this room was going to look? No, we got down to three last year, and I th- I think that's where it will probably stay now. Um, and, hey, they've all got guarantees in their deal. I think it's one where David Njoku's the guy. If they need a receiving number two, you bring in Jordan Akins. If you need a bit of blocking, you bring in Harrison Bryant. I think they've got very good, different and good and different skill sets. And I think you can make the argument there that that's one of the best tight end twos in the entire NFL. And that's one of the best tight end threes. Harrison Bryant has an incredibly high floor for that role. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not going to light anything up. But they just want to be solid, reliable, know what's going on this year. And that, that's part of just competing and trying to win a championship. You want these depth guys just to go, yep, you do a role. That you know what you're doing. He can play a bit of special teams. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with that. I think they'll go out and draft his replacement next year. And that's cool. Let him go off to free agency and good luck to him. But uh, he was out practicing as well today. So uh, all positive there. Never made the NFI list. And that was one of the reasons why. I was pretty chill on it, but I, I love this tight end room. Hey, Brad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the the oh. only thing that was surprising here was, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask oh. you a question, but you go. You just do it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Ask me a question. Fire away. Well, you know, I, I don't. You know, like you were going to say, there's not. There's something that surprised you. We'll let you get to that, but there's not a lot of surprises here. So here's the here's the question. What what does it take for David Njoku to be the real tight end one, a guy that 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 puts himself in the next echelon of tight ends, a guy that isn't just the, wow, he's freakishly athletic and he's fast and every once in a while he makes crazy one-handed catches or jumps over somebody or whatever. What does it take for him to be, to put it all together for a full season and be one of those upper tier tight ends? A willingness for the play caller, Kevin Stefanski, to target him more. Like, I mean, when he's targeted, he's been successful. Like, he put up numbers last year. I don't think he got used enough in the offense. I think they're going to open this thing up. I think Watson will depend on him, and I think that's what it takes. I don't put it on Njoku, really, at all. Uh, He finds himself open. He's been making catches. Uh, I, I, You know, he used to have problems with drops. That's That's a thing of the past for me. Uh, he blocks, he's a good blocker. I mean, what else do you expect from him? Feed the man, feed him. If you're in the red zone, feed him, right? He wins, right? He's going to go up and catch the ball. Um, so I say feed him and that'll get him to be, uh, he'll put up the numbers you want. Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the red zone. If we look at receptions, PFF grade yardage, top eight in all of them, it's just the lack of TDs that really hurt him last year to be in that sort of elite group with all the rest. And um, yeah, I think he can certainly achieve that. And his game's come a long way, um, really good um, sort of in all aspects of the game. So I, I'm really excited for what he can do. And But it's just got to, he's got to prove to uh, Watson he's the guy and catch them balls in the end zone. So um yeah, I think I mean, we, I think another thing, Brad, that I would just add on to what you're saying is you're now going to throw out Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Marquise Goodwin, Elijah Moore, basically all the time. Those four guys, it's going to be some combination of those four guys all the time yeah. out on the field. 
that is going to take attention away from a guy like David Njoku, especially over the middle, especially if you got guys like Goodwin, Peoples-Jones, and even uh, Moore and Cooper that can that can all take the top off if they need to. Uh, uh, there should be a lot of middle of the field availability for uh, for a guy like David Njoku, and that's where he can be really, really dangerous. So uh, this, you know, being flanked by those wide receivers could be just another thing. Like you said, you got to feed him, but it could be another thing. Uh, that that propels him into a big year. I, I think David Njoku could be poised for that real breakout year this year. Yep. Uh, boys, anything else on tight ends that you want to talk about? No, just, to, uh, you know, this whole thing with uh, Bryant's health has been kind of mysterious, right? I don't know. Do, we don't have any answers to this, do we, right? Like, uh, so uh, it's good to see him back out there practicing. I agree with Jack that as a tight end three, he's pretty dang good uh, if he's healthy. So, uh, glad to see him back at practice. You know, I for a minute there, I was kind of watching like what tight ends were getting cut with the thought that maybe he's not healthy and maybe he's not going to come back and they do need a tight end three of legitimate caliber, but that's not the case. It doesn't look like. All right, fellas, let's move on to the offensive line. A couple of interesting things here, Jack. Uh, uh, a guy you had on the bubble is on the roster here. Uh, a real interesting move that had a lot of people scratching their heads yesterday with the offensive line, but let's talk about who did make it. Uh, first of all, you're going to have your starters. You're going to have Jed Wills at left tackle. You're going to have Betonio at left guard. You'll have Posich at center. You'll have Wyatt Teller at right guard. You'll have Jack Conklin at right tackle. Uh, if all those guys stay healthy, it's a beast of an offensive line. I think one of the guys that should have everybody excited, at least through the preseason, uh, Wyatt Teller. Uh, Wyatt Teller healthy looks like Wyatt Teller again. Uh, he did not look like Wyatt Teller a lot last year when he was on the field, uh, but he was playing pretty beastly through this preseason, uh, and that was good to see. Uh, to back up those guys, uh, James Hudson, no surprise. Dewan Jones, the big Thanos, no surprise. Uh, Luke Whipler, another draft pick from this year, uh, was really good in this preseason. So no surprise there. And then Nick Harris, uh, Nick Harris, a guy that has really struggled. It's, it, it feels like they were trying to hand him the keys to the starting center position for a couple of years and he couldn't stay healthy, but he gets through camp and he makes this team. Uh, so let's talk about the guys that made the team, boys. Uh, are, are Jack, you had Nick Harris on the bubble pretty much throughout the process. Are you surprised to see Nick Harris uh, on the 53? So, yeah, I, I thought we might see a trade today or yesterday, and I don't think that chance of a trade ends now. It's one that if a team loses a center, whether it's their backup center, their starting center, I think Cleveland's one of the first places they're going to call and ask about the status of Nick Harris. And it could be that another team out there has eyed up someone that's been cut or someone that's going on waivers, and they might not get them, and then they ring the Browns. So if I'm Nick Harris, I'm, I'm not leaving that name in pen all season. And even if he does stay all season, I, I like that. I'm more than happy to have three guys snapping the ball that I can rely on. If someone goes down, we saw it last year. We went through the group and we rolled into week one with one center on the roster. Um, not ideally where you want to be. And we had a guard playing center. So it allows just more balance um, to the team. And I would throw Dunn in this group. Everything is saying Dunn is coming back. He slots in then as the third guard. Whipler can cover as a guard as well. Hudson can cover as a guard. Lots of flexibility and things moving around here. And I wouldn't be shocked if 
if they do move Harris on, Dennis Kelly um, was cut as a veteran tackle by the Eagles. Obviously, if the Eagles like a player, the Browns probably like the same player. Um, one to keep an eye on that they could go, actually, let's go and upgrade that swing spot. Um, and then you move Hudson Moore in as a sort of fourth guard. Just one to keep in mind that, who knows, it could be that. Or even if they get Dennis Kelly, they could then still look and just cut Harris instead. So lots of moving pieces there. Um, but yeah, I think they're, they're still keen to keep upgrading. Um, and yeah, happy Dunn's going to be back because I think I, I've always been really, really impressed with what he's provided. So, Brad, before I let you jump in on the offensive line, Jack, explain in your mind, what's the motivation behind this Michael Dunn move? Because that was very surprising to everybody. When we saw that they were releasing him, we were all, we all had him kind of penciled in as like the next offensive line uh, or the next offensive lineman, uh, you know, uh, off the bench. And then they come back and say that they're releasing him. So talk about what you think the motivation is there behind this move. Yeah, so they've got two guys that in Kunisic and Wright that they want to get through to IR. So you've got to let somebody go and then you resign them. So you're only realistically looking at guys with enough uh, seasons that they don't have to go through waivers. When Andrew Berry did it before, he did cut Joe Jackson that had to go through waivers, but Joe Jackson was trash. So no one was going <laughs> to sign him and then he came back. Um, Dorsey went a whole nother level and... Balls to the Sorry, wall. Sorry, Joe. Starting left tackle, Greg Robinson. You're cut. We're going to keep Drew Forbes instead. Move Drew Forbes to IR and then bring Greg Robinson back. So I'm happy we weren't going anything mad and going, hey, we're just going to... Could you imagine they announced Shelby Harris was cut? Um, Brown's we riot. Would we riot. Be insane, even if he was coming back the next day. It would be just insanity um, watching it all explode. But it's one of those that everything's pointing to that direction. And um, no, Happy is coming back. And I, I wonder if there's any change to the contract. I expect them to fully guarantee it, but there might be some uh, little incentive in there because I'm, I'm keen to see what he does in the future. Um, and maybe it is a two-year deal. They might offer him a two-year straight up and he's coming back on that. Um, but yeah, excited. All right, Brad, thoughts on the offensive line? Yeah, so I guess I have questions about Dunn because there were some reports today that this is not like a wink and a nod deal, right? Like uh, that this is not that what that is and that he may come back, but if he comes back, it's just because he, you know, whatever. Like, I, I don't know. Is it possible that they don't bring him back and they put him on the practice squad? It could be, but I, I don't see them cutting all of their backup guards, unless they've had a conversation with potentially someone like Dennis Kelly at tackle and the deal's effectively done, but they're not officially going to sign him until they've got someone to IR. So I throw that out as a potential that they go, hey, Hudson, Luke Whitebler, you're there. Dennis Kelly, we've agreed, but we're not going to put any ink on it until tomorrow. Um, could be the complete like left field move, but... Mary Kay Cabot ran with, it's done, whereas Zach Jackson went with, it's not done. He had no idea. So uh, very, yeah. very mixed reports out there. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going at. Is like I heard him talking about how that's not the case, and then we heard that 
it, it seems like that's the case. That's the obvious move, right? Like you should have a guard on your 53 roster, right? Like a true guard. Like, uh, you know, it would be kind of silly not to, uh, but I don't know. It, it just, uh, I, I just wanted to throw it out there and, and not that, you know, Zach Jackson, you know, has been great lately uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but, uh, why you, why you drop your head like that, Mike? Why? We're just sending out shots everywhere. We're just sending. It's not, just... it's not a shot. Sprays. It's not a shot. Sprays. He was talking Sprays. about how, how I like Zach Jackson. I've had him on my show before. I'm just saying, he's talking about how Deshaun can't sit in the pocket and this and that. And he's just kind of a downer, you know, I don't know what, Come on, man. Don't drop your head like that. Come on. You have my back, not Zach Jackson's back. I got, I have to. your back. I have your Let's back, go. Brad. Let's I have go. your back. Get I just, locked in, Mike. I just keep getting surprised. I just like, I have to, I'm ducking and weaving the strays you that gotta, are coming out of my you computer. Gotta stay on your toes when I'm on the air with you. Speaking about our toes, let's continue to move on, uh, and let's only because I want to keep us somewhat on track yeah, uh, for this show. Before I finish my thought, that's good. You, you didn't finish your thought? No, go ahead. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, uh, let's talk about. Let's move over to the other side of the ball. So offensively, from what we're gathering, and this may be the same on the defensive side, just not a ton of surprises. Uh, the Dunn thing, interesting. The Watkins thing, interesting, but. Uh, the Harris thing, interesting, but not a lot of surprises. Let's over, move over to the defensive side of the ball, see if we feel any differently about anything. So we're going to start on that defensive line. And, boys, I mean, this this to me, this is the masterpiece. We could talk about what they did to a wide receiver room that we were all very concerned about at the end of last year. But this is the masterpiece here. We were starting Perrion Winfrey and Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai in football games last year, in, in actual real-life NFL American, good, real, true American football, Jack. We were starting those guys in games last year, and, and we were starting Jadevian Clowney, who did not want to play. And this year, it's Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, Shelby Harris, Siaki Ika, uh, Oboa Karankwo, Isaiah McGuire, Dalvin Tomlinson, Alex Wright, Oh my gosh! There goes Brad, uh, and Too much and Jordan Elliott for him. And Jordan Elliott's there. I mean, this to me, and yeah, I, listen. I know people are surprised by the Jordan Elliott thing. Here's what I mean by this: Paul Spencer says Jordan Elliott part of a masterpiece. Yeah, you know why? Because last year Jordan Elliott was your top interior defensive lineman. He was the number one guy. Now Jordan Elliott is he's depth. And I don't mind Jordan Elliott as depth. I don't mind him as depth. I don't want him to be the number one guy. But if he's depth, I think he can do a couple things. And so, I, to me, this defensive line is beautiful. Jack, let me let me, let me me get your – I don't know, Brad got angry or happy or something, and he just left. But let's get your thoughts on the defensive line. It's absolutely loaded. Um, and that is the most exciting part. The, the Jordan Elliott thing should come as no surprise, especially for you people in the chats. You follow the OBR. I told you this two months ago. There was no way in hell that Jim Schwartz, Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Berry sat in a meeting two months ago and went, let's give that guy one and a half million guaranteed. And then two months later went, oh, no, we made a horrendous error here. Let's cut him. <laughs> 
It's just, there was zero reason for them to do that two months ago. Several of these other deals were done yesterday, and that's when I would honestly expect them to be done. The fact that they were done two months out just shows how committed they were. And people said, oh, but they added a guy in free agency. Oh, but this... They were already trying to add a guy in free agency. They were trying to add a in the Dortmund around the draft. Um, so they were not shy about making moves there. Um, it was always going to happen. Jordan Elliott, people have had really hot takes on him. And then you ask them, it's like, what are you basing this on? It's like, oh, 12 snaps in the first preseason game. And it's like, really? Um, if we want to look well, at the... Well. Well, I mean, based on this year of like, wh- why is your feeling so different from Jim Schwartz loving him two months ago? Um, hey, I would have cut Jordan Elliott a year ago. Happily, I was uh, leading that charge, wanted him gone. But f- just follow the signs. They've told you he's staying. It should have been no surprise. Um, and it was one that you're going to need all these guys. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson's going to play about 55% of snaps. Um, really excited when they bring Maurice Hurst back. Um, if Maurice Hurst had no health issues, he would be no way on this team. He'd be on over 10 mil a year and absolutely crushing it. He He's probably one that he might play amazing in week one and then he's out for the season. And that's something you just got to be prepared for. Whereas Jordan Elliott, body has held up really well, can play a higher percentage of snaps than someone like Dalvin Tomlinson. He doesn't do much in those snaps, but he's out there. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to say something. I, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. People, people are going to get mad at me. I'm going to say something though. Again, Jordan Elliott being there on first down, second down. I don't like it. He's not good against the run whatsoever. He gets pushed around and beat up and he cannot, he cannot get off blocks to stop the run. If we've seen anything positive out of Jordan Elliott in his, in his career, it's that he is able to create a little bit of havoc in the pass game. He is able to get a little bit of pressure on a quarterback. And when we're talking about a guy that can kind of just specialize in that, like, hey, maybe just bring Jordan Elliott in in obvious passing downs when you're going to have maybe Miles Garrett out there and Obo out there and Zadarius out there and Jordan Elliott. Now you're going obvious pass situation. I don't think that, you know, again, I think this situation allows him to be more of a specialty type player, which is what I think he is. And I think I think we could get to the end of this year this might be my hot take for the season. I think we could get to the end of this year, and I think Browns fans might like Jordan Elliott again because I think he's going to be in a role that suits him, and he's not going to be put in positions where he sucks. Hmm. Yeah. He never asked to be a starter, and that's something people have got to understand. If if you have a loaded room around somebody, that that changes the whole dynamic. The same way if, if you ask... Um, who knows? If we ask Hassan Hall to be the starting running back for the entire season, people are going to hate Hassan Hall. That's not <laughs> his choice to be the starting running back. And I think it's one way you need to balance that. I think that's more on the front office, the coaching staff that brought that up, rather than if he had only never got beyond being defensive tackle three, I think people would have a different opinion on Jordan Elliott. You do? <laughs> really believe that? Do you guys really believe that about Jordan I, Elliott? I, 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 you know, yeah. yeah. I just remember watching uh, him in the Hall of Fame game, which the the Browns played him in, uh, and him getting dominated by third string uh, 
players in that game and, and really every preseason game. I, I don't know. I just don't think he's very good. It happens sometimes. I, There's not always an excuse for every player. Sometimes they're just not very good. Well, and let's talk about boys. Let's talk about, we. you know, uh, and again, Brad, you took off. I appreciate the fact. Uh, did you guys see that Notre Dame uh, show where the guy, I think, might have pooped his pants on the show? I appreciate that you shut off the camera there, Brad. Uh, we all appreciate that. That's uh, not that's not what happened. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Uh, Jack gave his take a little bit on uh, what this defensive line iteration looks like compared to past years. Brad, your thoughts? It's fantastic. I love it. How can Hell you not yes. love this? This is going to be so much fun, right? Uh, Shelby Harris, friend of show, of course. Siaka Ika, Miles Garrett. Uh, I'll even throw Ika in there. Zadarius Smith. I mean, these guys are oboe. Everybody but Elliot is fantastic. Even Alex Wright, I'm excited to see him move around a little bit inside, and I was hard on him in the offseason. So, you know what? Uh, when he gets healthy and comes back, he can he can supply uh, a little bit of a, an edge setter maybe, uh, you know, right? What's wrong? Oh, just one point I was going to throw on the back of that. Don't freak out as Browns fans if Ika is inactive for the first few games. Right. Because I, that is a loaded room and there is no harm bringing them along slowly. I wouldn't be surprised at that, uh, right? Like, we talked about what a difficult position. This is probably maybe one of the harder positions to, uh, you know, assimilate to the NFL, right? Uh, from college football, uh, defensive tackle. So, uh, certainly, Ika could uh, be in the throes of that. Although, he has had his moments in the preseason. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know, all he needs to do is really take up space and, 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 and you know, uh, bring on double teams and, and create one-on-ones, you know, Schwartz has his sign up in his office, every, any scheme with a one-on-one for miles Garrett is a good scheme. And, uh, I agree. And uh, I think he's going to get plenty of them. Zary Smith looks like a maniac, a be absolute beast out there. Um, I hope we see Isaiah McGuire come along a little bit. You know, that'd be nice to see see a player of the future maybe flash a little bit in this room. Although I do think o- Obo will be a player of the future. Uh, but, you know, it'd be nice to see one of the draft picks flash some uh, early. But, hey, this defensive line is the least of their problems. It's going to be – they're going to be causing all kinds of havoc and can, can probably – this back end and this defensive line combined can win you some games when your offense is struggling. Imagine the difference between the experience that Isaiah McGuire is going to have versus the difference Alex Wright had last year. Correct. Yeah. Alex Wright got put on this team and said, well, shit, we need you. <laughs> like yeah. we need you to, we, there is play. pressure on you, my man. You play. better come out and play at a high level. 600 snaps had no business playing that many snaps last year. Right? And again, he so. wasn't, he wasn't a first or second round pick. I mean, he's a mid round draft pick. Isaiah McGuire comes in as a mid to late round draft pick. Dude's going to have no pressure on him. Come in, make some plays when we put you out there. If you see the field hardly at all, which he probably won't see a ton of the field, uh, that 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 kind of stuff, it's that trickle-down effect. When you have a really good roster, it's that trickle-down effect. It's not just the top guys, but it's the guys at the bottom end of this that are going to benefit from having a really good roster because there's no pressure on these guys to come in and just do anything other than just kind of play loose. Yeah, uh, they, I love that, and you know Shelby talked about that, and you know Charlie makes a really good point in the chat here, Charlie Chuck, that I actually think Obo could have a huge year in the way this sets up, right? Like he has looked fantastic, uh, fast uh, in practice and in uh, preseason, 
the clips we have seen on social media. I mean, he wins all the time off the edge because uh, he's so much quicker than the guys he's going against. If he's thrown out there in obvious pass situations, he's going to win. He's going to get to the quarterback. He's going to, uh, you know, create havoc. He could have a huge year. You know, he's kind of people have been waiting. People that follow him have been waiting for him to have that huge year. And he had that huge second half of the year last year. So that ascent uh, should continue. Yeah. Uh, boys, again, that leaves off, and I and I am going to take us right into linebackers here. But again, Tommy Togiai, the experiment here in Cleveland is over. Uh, a guy they brought in this offseason, Tristan Hill, not making the team. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, a draft pick from well, was that last year? I think that was last year. Uh, right, seventh round pick last yeah. year, not making the team. Uh, a couple other guys, Lonnie Phelps, not making the team. We're pretty. Jack, you sound real confident in the return of um, of Maurice Hurst. Are, are, I mean, is that fair to say you're pretty confident that we're going to see him back? Yeah, him and Dunn have been reported now as like the guys that are coming back. And it was one that I spoke about. He was very much in my list of, you can cut him. Um, and who knows? It would have been a really interesting question if Alex Wright was fully healthy, what happened with Maurice Hurst? Um, because it's just that health frustration. Um, but to be fair, if he was fully healthy, hey, we're probably talking about signing him or Dalvin Tomlinson. That is the level of potential this guy has. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. If, if we can unlock it and enjoy it, it might not last 17 weeks. But hey, as long as we get, get a flash of it, hey, if he, if he smashes it up for four weeks and then he's out for eight weeks and then comes back for the playoffs, happy days. Um, <laughs> Alex Wright will be back by then. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on to linebacker. And um, I think this this might be the position group that most people have circled as like maybe the biggest concern uh, with the Browns because uh, outside of one playmaker that you expect, we don't, you know, there's there's kind of a lot of guys that have been guys uh, yeah. on this. So go ahead, Brad. It, on the like surface level, like, yes, I've I've talked a lot about my concern for this room, but surface level, it looks okay. Like, Right, like if Taki Taki stays healthy and Anthony Walker stays healthy, big ifs, right? If that happens, I think this room will be fine because JOK, I think, is going to have a kind of a breakout season. I think he looks fantastic. And I think Diabate can play a big time role in depth there. Uh, the rest of these guys to me are special teamers, right? And I, I don't, you know what I mean? They can fill in in a, in a pinch, but they really are just special teams guys. Maybe Fields a little bit. I don't know. Uh, you know, Kanasich is on the, is on the, going to be on the IR, uh, right? So Adams is mostly a special teamer, right, Jack? Uh, I mean, he, he was like the best special team linebacker in the league like two years ago. So, uh, but like, he's not a great linebacker. So if though they find themselves deep into their depth, like they did last year, they're in trouble. They don't have guys, uh, you know what I mean? Here. And, and in this defense, you need to have linebackers that can clean up the mess that you're making up front because you're letting your defensive tackles go crazy and go and just, you know, split double teams and try to create havoc. You've got to have linebackers that can clean up behind them. Yes, these guys that are going to start can do that. It's great that Walker and Taki Taki are playing week one. I worry about their injury history. I worry about depth. After like I felt they had no choice but to keep Diabate. I think he's their fourth best linebacker. It might be better than that. Yeah. 
He might be better than that. So let's go through it. Anthony Walker back. He had that bad injury last year. I will say this for Anthony Walker. He's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not the strongest, but he's the leader. When he's out there, he's the leader on this defense. And he, and he, and he was that from, from day one. And you saw them fall apart after he left with that injury last year. He is back with the Browns. And again, he's not an old, we all talk about Anthony Walker. Like he's 40 years old. How old is he? 28. It's the same age. I think he's younger than Taki Taki. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's got some decent football in him. Hopefully, he's better off that injury. He talked about Diabate, one guy, uh, one of a couple that were undrafted that makes the roster. Tony Fields has flashed a little bit. Kanasich, we'll see how long he's going to be out. JOK, Taki Taki, this has to be a year where Taki Taki does something and maybe t- tries to separate a little bit. And Matthew Adams, uh, Jack, you heard Brad talking about his impression of the linebacking group. What about you? I, we know how you feel about linebackers. Yeah, so you're only going to have two of them out there the majority of the time. And that's the important thing to remember with where the modern NFL is. The reason why I'm really high, um, well, not really high, but I have no concerns over his linebacker is Jason Tarver. Um, He has done a phenomenal job the last three years of very, very low spending and produced average returns. I don't think we're ever going to see an above-average linebacker room. And I don't think Jim Schwartz expects that. We look at his time in Philly. They never spent on the linebacker room. They brought in cheap guys and they just produced average. Um, and I think that was the dream that they tried to take into defensive tackle and it didn't work. Um, but they have successfully delivered that year on year. I think Matthew Adams is a really nice Sam linebacker. Um, so a nice backup there for Tacky Tacky if needed. Um, he would then slide inside. When Anthony Walker went out last season, JOK just not irrelevant, but he just fell off a cliff. Um, he wasn't oh. the same player. Um, I mean, he had he had two offensive linemen on him within one second of the ball being snapped every play. But yeah. it, it, the D-line didn't change between Walker being there and Walker not. So as soon as Walker was there, just the whole, the balance, the leadership, everything there just wasn't quite the same. I think Fields is a nice backup to... Um, JOK, he's never going to be the same sort of athlete, but he just gives you something there. I think you've got lots of bodies, and I'm happy with it. There's seven really nice guys. Um, I'm not too worried. Um, I think it's one where forever and onwards, we are just going to see cheap, min-deal guys where they'll just keep bringing them in, sort of two and a half mil maybe max, and just keep throwing the next body in. Um, And I'm I'm cool with that Um, because, hey, if there's only two of them out there and we've got six of them, there's plenty. Um, it'll all be cool. Um, give me more safeties. and I'll, Jake will tell me off, but since he's not here, dime, 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 dime. Have one linebacker, three safeties, three corners, and let's go out and party. I'll tell you off on that too. So. Well, the dog just popped. The dog's the thing, up for it. I agree with you, Jack, about it right now, but the thing about the NFL is it's secular, right? Like, it, like, there, it's very possible in five years that the game changes a little bit and linebacker comes back into relevance a little bit more. Like it, it just that's what happens with the NFL it goes through ebbs and flows, right? So I'm not saying it's going to change forever, but that's where we are right now. Certainly, I agree with that. And I will say this last point on the linebackers: Anthony Walker was playing like a superstar before he got hurt last year. If he can return to that form, I will feel much better. Hey, we got a question in the chat, and I feel like this is gonna. This only needs a one-word answer. So, whoever wants to answer with one word, 
or you guys can maybe do it in unison. But Eco OBR wants to know, hey, any interest in signing Christian Kirksey? No. Thank you. All right, boys, let's move on. Dog check. Uh, let's move on to the cornerback room. This is going to be the easiest one to talk about. You because can me into Desmond King, though. No, nah, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> uh, l- this will be the easiest group that we talk about uh, because there's not a lot that has changed here. Obviously, a couple uh, comings and goings, Cameron Mitchell, uh, Mike Ford. But for the most part, we're looking at Martin Emerson, A.J. Green, Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward. Those are your guys that you're going to have out there. Hopefully, hopefully healthy Denzel Ward. Uh, and and you've got a really good cornerback room. I mean, I, I feel like we don't have to spend a ton of time on this room because not a lot has changed here. And I don't know, is there anything unexpected that happened in this room when it came to, to cut down? No, I like this room a lot. I think it's great. I just, uh, I'm very concerned about Denzel's health. Yeah. Like four concussions, reported concussions. He's 26. Uh, that's not even counting college or all the times he got dinged in high school and beyond that. Right. Like, uh, I just worry about like, and I know that Stefanski's taking a beating for playing him. Um, nah. but I didn't hear anybody saying, why is Denzel out there before he got hurt? Did you? Right. No, I don't know. I, it, it no, is somebody put this Brad, Brad, somebody put this on Twitter and it was my initial answer was quick. Somebody put on Twitter, one to 10, what's your concern level with Denzel Ward? Mine's a 10. 10. Mine's a 10. Yeah, it, I'm not concerned, concerned about Denzel Ward's abilities. Denzel Ward has every ability to want to be to be one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL at any given time. You can't, to Broken, to broken Arrow's point, I've been talking about this all offseason. You, he, he, you can't play him in the slot. I'm sorry. He, he, he leads with his head too much in run fits. You can't do it. I'm sorry. Keep him outside. He can tackle okay out there, but I don't even know what play he got dinged on. But either way, whether he was in the slot or not, you can't play him in there, A. And and although it is revisionist history, and, and I just said this, he was on the do not play list the last two off seasons for this very reason. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I'm, I'm, with your, I'm with your initial, I'm with you. I'm with your initial, initial point. reaction was, Schwartz needs to see his guys out there together. New defense, new scheme. And that made sense to me, right? Deshaun Watson could have ruptured his Achilles. I mean, like, we can't, you can't do that. You can't say things like that. I'm just saying, you can't, you can't (laughs) go back and say they shouldn't have done this because of this. It's just not. And and you don't know how the conversation, oh, I know you're not. I'm just saying people in general can't do that. But no, it's, it's, that's the concern. Can Denzel Ward come in and stay healthy for the season? If he can, this is this is a really really good cornerback room. If they can't, there's still a pretty good room. But I don't know, Jack, your thoughts here. So with Cam Mitchell looking good, I, I wouldn't say we've seen much more than that, but good and serviceable in preseason. And Mike Ford, I like he's him. A, he's a slot option, and predominantly he's only here because of special teams. It's not his slot play that's keeping him on the team. I like um, him though. He's done play. He's yeah. played well. AJ Green is expendable um, if the right trade offer came in. He's got 900,000 guaranteed, so he's never a cut candidate. But if the right offer came in for trade, maybe. Because I'll, I'll be honest, the, the one surprise that I did not see coming was 11 DBs. Um, we've had 10 each season. There's been the balance between, is it five or six corners? And then the rest come from safeties. Um, so that was the one that caught me off guard. 
And can I just ask one question? Is this graphic designed by the Browns? That we're yeah. using? Yes. And what person put this together? Because <laughs> there is zero sense in the order these players are in. It's not alphabetical. It's not number order. It just looks like they've thrown darts or just... Were they taking shots and choosing who goes next? I just I now it's it, now it's it the Browns graphics me. people catching strays, just strays yeah, everywhere, me. just straight. This isn't called the fifty three. This is just strays pew, everywhere. Pew, 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 pew. But you know, to go to that point, Jack, and maybe this does go into your wish list here by height. <laughs> eleven defensive backs by height. <laughs> uh, eleven defensive backs, and we'll talk about safeties in a minute because there are there's, I think, a really cool story there. Uh, but maybe we are talking about more defensive backs out of the out on the field at one time. Uh, I think you've got some guys. I think you've got some guys, especially in that safety room, that are built to come up and play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, and and to play a role that isn't just roaming around back there playing in coverage. And so that could be an indication of where this defense could be going, Jack. And I know that's something that you're not unhappy about, Brad. What's up? Uh, for the record. This was the exact eleven players I had on my fifty-three prediction. Just so let's know. go, let's go. Well, Anthony or um, Andrew Barry called you, right? No. Okay, I don't, fair. I don't. That, other Brad. Other Brad. Got it. Uh, so, cornerback uh, <laughs> uh, room set, safety room though. Uh, Juan Thornhill is has looked great in his time, especially that last game. Man, he had some juices flowing. Happy. Yeah, but again, uh, what have we been missing, Jack, at the at the at the at the safety position for the Cleveland Browns? What has been for for a couple of years now? What has been the biggest missing component? A free safety, a dude that can cover somebody, a dude that understands how to read what an offensive's doing and put himself in the right position to either break a play up or to make an interception. Right? Just even read. Based on a certain uh, last, uh, correct, correct. Certain Somebody who can read. So is Juan is Juan Thornhill going to miss some tackles? Yeah. Is Juan Thornhill not? Is he going to be the biggest, hardest hitting safety? Is he Ronnie Lott out there? No. But man, the dude can cover. And you know who can hit? Grant Delpit. And Rodney McLeod's a pretty good tackler. And we'll see what these other guys can do. De'Anthony Bell and them, but like. The balance, this is a level of balance at the safety position they haven't had. It, it, uh, th- this trio is phenomenal. Um, and I think I, I'm something that I'll probably reach out to Jake because I guess he can find the tracking data or something. But each week, how the nickel breakdown is for the Browns is going to intrigue me because y- you've got a battle between three talented safeties and three talented corners. And if you're going to have nickels, someone's got to be on that bench. Grant Delpit, for me, seems like the favourite at the moment from that group. But that is it's a good problem to have. Um, and it's one where if Denzel Ward's out, hey, you play a three-safety nickel, who cares? We, we roll. Um, and it's not one where we're there panicking. Um, I think Ronnie Hickman's going to be inactive for a large part of the season. Um, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I think... Whereas the Anthony Bell's there to play special teams and Bubba Ventrone is legit in love with him. Um, Rodney Mc, um, Ronnie Hickman, for me, he's probably player 53 on the roster. 
Um, so he he's he's just on there, but it's one that he can be inactive for most of the season. And I think they're grooming him more to be can you be safety three next year? Whereas DeAnthony Bell, his ceiling's probably safety four, and that's not in a bad way. If he can be that special teams role, he's probably got a long, long, long career ahead of him. But that's his position. He's not going to be there taking up loads of defensive snaps. Um, and I th- I think it's it's a really talented group. Ed, you said that this was your group exactly as you had it, the defensive backfield. Talk to us about, I mean, the feel-good story of this group is Ronnie Hickman. Yeah. Undrafted. He's a guy, he's a guy that a lot of us, when we were doing the draft show, we started talking about Rodney Hickman or Ronnie Hickman in the fourth round. We didn't. You did. I'm a lot of people started talking about this. This is you. You you were you were the cheerleader of that Ronnie Hickman's uh, gonna be a Cleveland Brown. Fair enough, but I that a lot of people wanted him. He goes undrafted. They pick him up after the draft, and you're right, Jack. I'll take my little credit there. Yeah, uh, but you did. I mean the the it's kind of the feel good story here, right? Ronnie Hickman undrafted beats out some guys, makes the roster. Uh, do you feel the same way Jack does? Is he probably the last guy on the roster? And can you see, like, is he a guy that can contribute on special teams as well? I don't know if he's the. F- He's probably the 53rd guy on the roster. But, yeah, I um, I do think he can contribute on special teams. I think we saw that a little bit um, from him in the preseason. And you know what? Like, he's not great in coverage, but he's a ball hawk. And he's going to make plays. And he's shown that already. Um, it was a mistake that he went undrafted, to your point that you made way back in the day, Mike. Like, he should have been drafted probably fourth, fifth round by some team. Um, and he didn't, and, uh, the Browns took advantage and he's going to make this team, uh, and he's going to contribute. And, and I think it feels like to me, like, instead of having to go out and sign a la the Bengals, like what they did this year, it was letting Jesse Bates walk or whatever in a couple years, they would like to not have to go out and sign a big name safety. They would like to be able to shuffle in, uh, for two years of, uh, Ronnie Hickman at safety and not have to pay him a big contract and get maybe like the last two years of his rookie deal. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, covering your safety and saving you a lot of money on your cap. Yeah. And you get some randomness around interceptions, but at some point you've got to look at the numbers and go, he was out there for 72 coverage snaps. That's not all thrown in his direction, but 72 coverage snaps and caught three interceptions. That is not going to sustain, but that is that's pretty impressive. Well, you're saying we could be running for ten yards a carry. Why can't that sustain? Yeah, he's like fifty-seven <laughs> for me, OG. He's like fifty-seven for me. Um, Dubious pointed a comment to me. I'm not going to put it on the screen, but yeah. uh, that I haven't changed that story. Doesn't mean he was right. Uh, all right, boys. I got two more things. We're already at eight ten. Uh, I got two more things I want to talk about here on the 53 as we break down the roster and then let's get out of here. We have to talk about the kicker for a minute. Well, first of all, special teams, right? Jack Duffin, in our little Slack channel, you posted a trivia question about a player. I want to say you said if he finishes out his contract, he will have played, what, the most games or the most? I can't remember what you said, but more games than Joe Thomas, more snaps than Joe Thomas, or not snaps, certainly not snaps, but... uh, I don't remember what your exact trivia was. Yeah, I, th- I think it was consecutive games. Um, games. But yeah, Charlie Hewlett is on course to... Uh, he's the second longest tenured Brown. Uh, 
behind uh, Joel Batonio of currently serving players. Um, but yeah, if he sees out his entire contract that's remaining, he will, and without injury, he will have more consecutive games than Joe Thomas. Obviously, yeah. it's more impressive doing it at tackle than long snapper, but it's still just talking about the sheer career he's had. And, yeah. uh, I, I am sneak peek. I will be kicking off a campaign later this year to uh, Charlie Hewlett Pro Bowl. Let's make Let's go. Happen, Let's go. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the big thing that happened on special teams. And then we're going to kick off the show. or We're going to end the show. I mean, by talking about just a couple of names from each of you guys that you've seen get cut from other teams that you are interested in uh, the Cleveland Browns, at least taking a flyer on, but the big story, Cade York sent off the Browns trade a seventh round pick to the chargers. They bring in Dustin Hopkins. Dustin Hopkins is a longtime kicker, a successful kicker in the NFL. He's got good stats, but I want to hit all angles of this because nobody was surprised with, with the way Cade York just had a disaster of a preseason. Nobody was surprised to see Cade York go. They bring in Hopkins. Hopkins has a track record, but now there's a report. There's reports out there that the Browns have talked about bringing Cade York back and, and putting him on, on, uh, on the practice squad. So we, we maybe haven't seen the end of Cade York. I, I think that's ridiculous. I, I don't, why? What, for what reason? I don't understand that. The thought behind that, like, He's going to probably be a Hall of Famer someday. That's just how it works out when you're a kicker. It takes you a couple tries. It's just like pushing over a pot machine. You can't do it on your first try. You got to rock it a couple times before <laughs> it finally goes over. That's how kickers work in the NFL, right? So it's not, you know, I would just say this. We're really going to find out because on my show a couple weeks ago, and I didn't, I refuse to believe that it's Corey Bjorquez's fault, right? But the numbers are very stark that he has had the worst like kicking performances of every kicker he's ever held for in his career. He's like 7% below league average holding. I swear, like go look him up. I did it on my show. There's graphs. He had, uh, what's his name for two years? His two worst years. Every kicker he's had, he had their career worst. If Hopkins comes in and sucks, Bjorkwes has to go. I'm just telling you. That's gonna sit. That's gonna paint the picture for me, clear as day, and and we're gonna feel like real crap because we ran Kate out of town. But I mean, I won't feel bad. But I'm just gonna say that it could be Bjorkwes, and we're gonna find out when D Hop comes in if he doesn't start striping him down the middle. It's gonna be all on Corey Bjorkwes. You gotta go, dude. Two teams fired him, quote unquote, because he can't hold. He straight up said they said it. They said we have to let him go. He's a terrible holder. Two teams did. Like this is this is not made up. I am not making this stuff up. These are facts. Done. So just just on both parts of the kick and stuff. So we'll talk about the process. Um, I didn't really bother looking at anything kicking until after the commanders game, and that was the point I looked and said, "Hey, they were right not to bring in competition for camp." Because it would have been some like UDFA with zero guarantees. They're trash. Um, and Cade would have probably beat them out. So be it. They were right to go, hey, let's see through the entire um, preseason and make the point where the, the quality guys are then hitting the market. The main one I identified was the Chargers battle because Dicker the kicker, Hopkins, you know you've got something good with one of those two. 
or it was Matthew Wright, or it was Nick Folk. Um, but the Chargers one always remained the one that made the most sense, um, just because there, there was nice talent there. So it was the right timeline to follow it through. Um, the last thing I'd want, it, people wanted like sign someone on like one, two million guaranteed and then call it a competition. It wouldn't have been a competition. It would have been a replacement and wait for more talent to come than panic in the middle of the preseason because I'd rather lose a preseason and get a better kicker than panic and sign someone that's not quite as good because we needed to have a kicker for the Kansas City preseason game. It, we got through it. Um, in terms of KD or coming back, maybe there is a plan behind the scenes, but I think people are judging a lot from Kevin Stefanski's press conference. And if anything we've learned from Kevin Stefanski, he will always be really positive about his players, whether they're on the team or they're gone. And I would much rather he's turning around and going, hey, we believe in KD York, and then not going, we're going to sign him to the practice world, but say nice things about people. It's not tough to do. And it just sets up a much nicer environment where agents are having a good relationship with you as a head, a head coach. I think he would want to leave. Even if the Browns said, hey, Cade, we'll have you back. If I'm Cade York, if I'm, hey, Anthony Schwartz has got to come back to IR if he's not claimed. <laughs> um, those oh, guys, God, please, no. they want to leave because a fresh start is the best route for them because you don't want to be on a team where if he's practicing pre-game, the fans are booing him. No one wants to see that. So uh, I think it's in Cade York's best interest. Go find a new place. Uh, maybe San Fran would be an intriguing option just because they have no kickers. They're both injured. You want everybody to go to San Fran, don't you? Just everybody. Felton, well, those York, two, send them all to San Schwartz Fran. To go to KC, I think that is the most likely landing spot. Don't you think like the Texans or the Cardinals, a team that's tanking this year, would take him knowing that there's no pressure and that he can work it out, right? It doesn't matter to them. Like the kicks aren't going to be that much pressure. He'll work it out and he'll end up being good. He'll be their kicker for their next 10 years. That's the ideal situation for him, right? But like him kicking in Cleveland again, will have so much pressure every time he walks on the field. Like there's no coming back. Like the the air has been sucked out of the opportunities available to him in Cleveland. The fans will never let him breathe here again. I don't know that I believe that. I mean, I, I, it's harsh right now, but I, I, and I guess I don't really care. I, I feel about kicker the same way Jack Kickers. feels about about linebackers. Like, just go bring in a veteran just guy that's pretty decent and let him kick put him for you between the pipes, bro. That's all we but need. I don't know that I dis. I don't know that I agree with what you said though, Brad. Because it would only would take would would be one season. All it would take would be one season. Let's say it was in two years and now he's still around. He's got his mentals worked out and he's kicking the ball. Well, it would take one season for the Browns fans to forgive him and move on. Phil Dawson sucked his rookie year. He was brutal. Phil Dawson was brutal his rookie year, Yeah, but they weren't, there was nothing I, on the line though. I, I understand what you're saying, but like, again, it's one season, one season could turn it. So I don't know that I agree with that. I also don't know that I care about what happens. Maybe. Just, Maybe you're right. We'll have a UDFA kicker to cheer for next year. Because even if Hopkins is good, if he's amazing, they'll roll with him for year two. But there's likely they'll bring in a UDFA yeah. kicker, have a camp battle, and long may it rain. I never want to see another draft pick on a fucking kicker. All right, boys, here's, here's what we got to do, because I have to have some semblance of a break. 
All right, between this show that. and Garage Beers. Yes, go ahead. Last kicker that. If they would have brought in somebody for to compete with them, it would have ended up the same way, in my opinion. It, the same outcome would have recame. We would have a new kicker, and and here we are. So, Got it. All right, boys, I want to give you one last thing before we wrap up the 53 here. I'm going to go, I don't know, drink a glass of water and then come right back. Uh, but, uh, Jack, start with you from the future, from Thursday at your place. Or I'm sorry, Wednesday. What day is it? From Wednesday at your place. Uh, just give us two or three guys that you've seen get cut from around the league that you have your eye on, uh, that you think could be a guy that you'd want them to maybe take a flyer on. So, swing tackle Dennis Kelly, cut by the Eagles, is one that um, intrigues me as a guy. They would uh, bring in my boy, Jackson. Charlie Hewlett, forever. Hall um, of Fame <laughs> in my book. Let's go. Um, so, De Dennis Kelly, I think, is the one that makes the most sense to me. Um, I'm going to continue looking at running backs. I need to see that full list. I genuinely believe they should add somebody. Outside of that, I'm honestly really struggling. There's a few practice squad guys, um, Trey Sermon, Donovan Knight, um, that I would like to see signed at running back. Joshua Carlu, um, but that's a practice squad. If we, I can get Talon and McAllister, I'm, I'm cool with that as well. So I, it, there is so much talent. It's hard to find somebody that I genuinely really want, and that's a nice thing to say. Um, rather than in the past where we'd be like, hey, there's seven starters on waivers. Let's go. Um, it's not that anymore. Brad? Yeah, it's hard. Uh, <clears throat> I would try to maybe bring like, this isn't for the, right, does it have to be for the 53? No, no, it could be practice squad. Like Dwayne McBride got cut, right? Really liked him in the draft. Like bring him into the practice squad, right? If you want a guy that, you know, you can take a shot on, like that he's a guy that we loved in the draft process. I was surprised that they cut him from Minnesota. Um, I don't know. There's some linebackers out there that intrigue me. Jalen Smith, Corey Littleton. I don't know. Uh, if you wanted to bring him in for depth, maybe. But the point is, the point of all this is, and this goes back to what Jack is saying, we're not looking, there isn't a guy that's out there that got released right now that we're going, oh my gosh, let's pick him up. Let's plug him in next to Miles Garrett and hope to God he gives you something during the season. There's nobody out there. The way they've built this roster, it's not perfect. No roster in the NFL is. The, the teams that win Super Bowls, they always do it with imperfect rosters, but they have they figure it out with coaching, with hard work, with 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 things all coming together at the same time. And this Browns roster has that opportunity to put a season like that together. So that's exciting stuff. Jack, final final thought from Jack. Just on one, someone's mentioned in the comments, uh, Alex Leatherwood. Um, it's not one where they will touch him on waivers. Once he clears waivers. The guarantees then sit with the Bears and he can be signed to a minimum deal. If that is the case, I am 100% offering that deal because if he's coming in as that 10th O-line and he doesn't get it together in two, three weeks, just get rid of him. But I will happily bring that in, let Bill Callahan have a week with him and go, yeah, you're trash, mate. Off you go. But if he's not trash, that is a guy that could potentially be a starting right guard next year. Um the, the range is really big. And that's the guys that you want to take the shots on. And you want those players to come to Cleveland and go, actually, 
I, it hasn't worked out for me as an O-line. I want to go work with Bill Callahan. I want to go work with that elite team. That's going to rescue my career. Um, it's exciting. All right, final thoughts on the 53 here. I love it, man. I love this team. I like this team to be 11 wins this year. I, I'll say it right now. I'm taking the over on nine and a half. I've already placed multiple bets. So gamble responsibly. All right, guys, Go that's going to do it for here. The fi- we have been through the 53. The initial 53 is set again. Moves still to be made. Uh, uh, a lot of us still think Hurst done. We'll be back with the Browns. We'll see what else they do, but Here we are, boys. We got an off weekend, plenty of college football to watch. Uh, And then it is Browns game week next Sunday. Browns, Bengals, the 53 is set. Thank you guys for all going through it with us. Make sure you stay tuned. What, Brad? Stick around and watch Garage Beers next, please. Let's go. Hey, we're still talking Browns. I still got to go talk Browns. We got uh, what? We got John Doss coming Uh, on. Garage Beers next. Who you got Uh, on? We got, we got John Doss from uh, Channel 5. He hosts the Browns Countdown. He's kind of like me, the guy with the big voice, the big ears, and he's he's kind of goofy. Yeah, he's coming on with us. I'm hosting uh, OBR Weekly with Fred tomorrow. And all eyes on Cleveland on Thursday. Look, Brad just did my job. So, 9 o'clock, get your beers, come back. Garage beers, we're talking Browns. Plus, we'll talk other stuff, too, because how, how long can we do it? Uh, but we got John Doss coming on with us, uh, as Brad said. So, come back at 9 o'clock. Join Brad tomorrow night at seven. Join Brad Thursday night at seven. Uh, it's a it's a week of Brad Ward here on the OBR streaming network. But we want to say thank you to you guys, everybody that joined in, all few hundred of you that joined in live with us. We hope you enjoyed it. It was fun going over the fifty three. Now it's time to put this thing into action. We're done winning off seasons. We're done feeling good about off seasons. Now it's time to put this thing in motion and get the Cleveland Browns to win an AFC North title. That's what we're looking for. Uh, and hopefully that's what we got. So stay tuned with everything OBR going on. Make sure you go subscribe to the OBR website. It's a huge deal right now for the annual subscription. 70% off, so go do that, and uh, that's going to do it for us. Jack, thank you for jumping in from tomorrow over in England. Brad, thank you for everything you gave us, and I will see you guys in 35 minutes for Garage Beers. See you later, everybody. Go Browns. Keep it locked for Garage Beers next. Lock it in.